into Hairbeat. I'm your host, Wendy. Maggie already just ditched me for my guest. She literally just got out of my chair. And I have my friend slash client, Sarah, here. Um, Do you know when you started coming to me? I'm going to ask every guest this. Honestly, it's... I feel like it's been years after, yeah. after my second baby, like shortly after 2018. Yep. It was February of 2018. Oh my God. So you've been coming for God, a lot of years. Yeah. Um, girl, you've, you've been along on the journey mm-hmm. since the beginning. Well, exactly. So we're going to absolutely talk about, oh my God, Sarah has had quite the hand at life dealt to her but also you're so fun and you are like always so positive I love when you're in my salon you really are just like such a bright light and I love that about you thank you sweet Um, friend so gotta stay positive because that's literally the only thing that will keep you through keep you going can you even I mean you have so many things just knocking you down yeah or even just like laughing at Whatever. We always the have so much fun, right? It, like we yes, just, we whenever do. you come in, I know it's going to be a fun. It is therapy. I mean, that's exactly <laughs> what it is. <laughs> Not you just dropping the, the bomb. I love it. Um, Sarah has two boys who are the Sweet cutest boys. little things. They are. Um, actually, was it the last time you got your hair done in the time before that, that we had all our, we had yes, <laughs> her boys and boys Fisher together and they were running pizza (laughs) played on ipads they were so good yeah they were running outside the salon so funny it was really fun but um but sarah also lives like five minutes from me yeah when i was like getting in the car i was thinking oh god i hope it's not far and it was literally 10 minutes (laughs) love it yes yes great um okay so yeah let's talk about life and when was it okay Sarah's had like a ton of yes. like health stuff t- and you've been your own advocate stuff. Yes. But then your husband had some health stuff mm-hmm, sprinkled. So in there. I couldn't even remember the timeline. So you have to refresh yes. my memory. So but- we met 20, 2018. Okay. So that would have been, so basically to back up from the very beginning, um, I had always been really athletic pretty strong, like, you know, was a gymnast, um, key, that was definitely a key component, I think, in a lot of things that came medically after I was really, really good in gymnastics when I was little. Yeah. Um, like ended up being a level nine gymnast and quit by the time I was 10 was super flexible my whole life, but really never had any major medical things until I was like 11. I tore my hamstring. And then at 13, I had a wrist surgery, never, never would imagine they were connected. Right. Is that why you didn't do the Olympics? <laughs> that's why I didn't make that's it. Why, girl. That's why I didn't make it. I knew it. Too bad. <sighs> that was my dream. Like I have a little gymnast out there. Yep. Um, so I switched to softball and then I had a couple of knee injuries, but again, was really, you know, fit, worked out and then got pregnant at 25. So I was young and healthy. And yeah. then, um, around like 30 weeks pregnant towards the end of my pregnancy, I could not walk. And I had this horrendous like lower back pain and they were like, Oh, you know, that's just how pregnancy is. Especially towards the end, you know, it sucks, blah, blah, blah. Swollen, all the things. Exactly. Mm -hmm. Exactly. And it was, my kids were both born in August. They're two years, five days apart. Oh, so it was, you know, hot. And I thought, okay, maybe this is just how it is. It sucks. Pregnancy sucks. So I delivered him and then exactly two years later had another boy 
And um, during my pregnancy with Sullivan, I was 27, again, young, no major health problems. There was no reason why at 15 weeks pregnant, I was using a walker. Yeah. And the Wait, doctor- what year was he born? 2017. Oh, so he was only one when we met. Yeah. Okay. So, um, he was born August of 2017 and then my pain kind of went away a little bit, but I still had this like, like lingering horrific back pain. Um, started going back to the gym, started working out again. And then in February of 2000, that must've been like when I just was starting to see you. Yeah. Um, I like hurt my leg. And I couldn't walk. And I thought I pulled a muscle, maybe tore a muscle. So I went to, I went to like Raleigh Ortho and got an x-ray. And this guy was like, hey, you have really bad hip dysplasia. And I was like, what? Like, like I'm too labs? <laughs> Like dogs? <laughs> and like a German shepherd? Yeah. What, what do you mean? Um, and he, so he showed it to me in my hip sockets. I was like, whoa, this looks totally weird. Like there was so much space. Oh, and I had not, I, I didn't even know that was the thing. And I had this undiagnosed my whole life. Yeah. Um, so he was like, you know, that I wonder if you have a torn labrum, which like, again, had never heard of this, but you, everybody has labrum in your hips and in your shoulders and it kind of like lines the joint. And if you tear it, it can be very painful. And the only way to heal it is to surgically fix it. So he said, that's what I suspect, you know, let's go ahead and get, um, an MRI. But at that time I kind of knew that like he, this was bigger than him. And I wanted to kind of cover all my bases before I decided to go like surgically with that guy. So I got online. Surgery is a big deal. Like when you have some, that should not be like the first hip surgery is a big deal. Yeah. So, um, I went online like us girls do went on Facebook and found a found a hip dysplasia Perfect. support Not the group, mom group. <laughs> of course, and started learning um, all there was to learn about it and learned that I needed to see a hip preservationist um, to, you know, do the, this major surgery um, to not just fix the labrum, but to fix the shallow socket, right? Otherwise it would keep tearing is the idea. So the reason why I had all of this pain during pregnancy is what I would now like find out is both of my hips, I had hip dysplasia with only 12 degrees of coverage and torn labrums in both hips. Many more things were torn, all kinds of damage. So of course it hurt. And then the SI joint that's, you know, close to your hip joints suffered the brunt of it. Right. So, um, I went to this guy, Dr. Steven Olson at Duke, who is a hip preservationist and he confirmed it immediately and said we needed to do a periacetabular osteotomy. Like, sorry, what? what? Yeah. <laughs> so a PAO for short <clears throat> is what it's called. And essentially what they do is they go in and they cut your pelvis in three different places. They take out your femur and like reshape the acetabulum. So they reshape your whole hip. You literally, literally. sound like a doctor. Right I know. Now. Thank you. Um, <laughs> I would like to think of myself as like, I can get like the honorary PhD yeah. because I've, I've been through so much. Like give me well, something, you know, give me things. an award for this. A girl. I, I mean, the fact that you can pronounce candidacy. Them. Yes. <laughs> so, um, he told me, unfortunately in 40, 
5% of hip dysplasia cases, it's bilateral. Of course, mine was, obviously. What is bilateral? Mean? Both sides. Oh. So yeah. um, I would I, I would be going through this twice, which was like, mm. sounded hellacious because my kids were one and three at the time of my first surgery. Oh. So we went through a left on my left side first and it was absolutely horrific. I had an epidural. Oh, to give you an idea of how Dang, bad the pain yeah. was. I had an epidural for three days when I was in the hospital. I came home to a hospital bed, um, stayed downstairs on our downstairs floor in the hospital bed for like four months. Is this when you were in your dining room? Yes. I remember that. Okay. <laughs> yes, so I remember girl. that. So you, were, yes, you so either came like, right before it was or right. right it was like, right. It, that was exactly it. <laughs> oh my gosh. I think I like, had just had the surgery in December and I was like, just starting to like live again in the world in February. And I wanted to get my hair done to make myself feel better. Of course. Bless my heart. Bless your heart. (laughs) So we had the bed, we had the bed in the living room. Um, I was doing physical therapy, like walking with crutches, wheelchair, the whole shebang. It was so hard, but I did it. Um, And then let's see, I think, um, it was a year later. Exactly. Like within it's a few It's always days. been in December, right? Like it's all always been in December. Okay, yeah. Yes. So December, exactly a year later, um, I did the other side and I had screws taken out of the prior side. So I kind of had like both, like both sides were painful. So I had the yeah. screws taken out and then new screws and a full surgery on the right side and everything done to the left we did on the right. Um, and that was 2019, mm. December, 2019. Yeah. So fast forward, um, like two months it's Valentine's day and my husband and I are having like a great little dinner. He cooked us like a nice little steak dinner and we were like looking cute and he had like shaved his face and his neck for the first time, like a couple months. Cause he had kind of like a long beard. Yeah. And I was like, um, what is on your neck? And he's like, yeah, you know, I just noticed this. Like, does it look swollen to you? And I was like, it looks like a softball is in your neck. Yeah. And I don't know why. Maybe I just know too much or I'm psychotic. I, you know, it could both. be both. Yeah. Um, probably both. I was like, this is lymphoma. Like you just knew you have cancer. I just knew. And I was like, does it hurt? No. Is it painful to touch? No, it wasn't red. And it, the first thing like I Googled was. He like, didn't know how long lymphoma. it had been there. No. Like he didn't feel it at He was all. like, you know, I think it's been there for like a month. Like, oh. I was like, why didn't you say something? Yeah. Cause he's a man, man, so, men don't see Exactly. And prior to this, he had been having like really bad night sweats. Mm-hmm. And so my husband was a for is a former Marine. So he, um, was going through the VA for healthcare, obviously, which is not the best. No, and I hate sad. it. No, it's ridiculous so that they don't it's, take it's care. It's so ridiculous. It is. Ugh. So I had told his PCP that like, I'm concerned about the night sweats, like his temperature doesn't seem normal. And this just seems like an excess amount of sweat for yeah. somebody. And she was like, uh, you know, this, some, some men sweat more than others. He ended up doing like <clears throat> a sleep apnea test or something oh. That was fine. And she totally brushed it off. And I just felt like something was not normal. Mm-mm. And that whole time probably was like, you know, this cancer was brewing, building up, whatever. Right. Um. So we 
like the lump was humongous. The next morning, um, I called like a primary care here in Holly Springs and was like, I'm very worried about my husband's neck. He woke up with this lump. Um, can you get him in? Like, can you see him today? Even though he's a new patient, never been there. And they were like, yeah, I guess. So he went there and they immediately were like, we agree. We think this is very suspicious. Um, they sent him to get a ultrasound mm-hmm. and then this is like days. So yeah. it's not like all happening in one day. So you're just like, hanging. so I saw you came in, um, y'all were waiting on the results. Ugh. I remember that. I remember was, you coming in it, and like, being like, girl, if anybody has ever been through that. It is a literal agony. No, I can't even imagine. Cause when you would come in, we were talking about your hip stuff and then yes. you're like, oh, check this. Oh, like, by the way, he, my husband. Well, yeah. yeah, I was like, what? It is so stressful to like be Googling because you know you are. I mean, my husband Everybody is Googles. 30 years old. Right. We have two like small children. Right. I can't walk and he has cancer. Like yeah. what? Yeah. So um, we go to the ultrasound and while the ultrasound tech is scanning his neck, I could see it was like like huge, like blobs, like, Mm. like bang, bang, bang next to each other. And then at one point she actually left the room. And like, if you've had a baby, I feel like we've all had an ultrasound and Mm. you know, the fear of like the ultrasound leaving the tech, leaving the room, like never feels like a good thing. No, me and my last guest, Emily just talked about this because (sighs) ultrasound techs can't tell you anything. The doctors have to tell you the doctors. We just talked about that. It's like when they leave, yeah, you know that they're getting a second opinion or something. And you're like, Oh shit. And I literally said to him, this is not good. Yeah. And she came back and she said, I just wanted to check with the radiologist to make sure that I got all the pictures that was that we needed. Mm. And he and we did. You guys are good to go. And I was like, this is this is like the worst feeling. Yeah. And um, not even 10 minutes later, we weren't even home. They somebody called and they were like, your ultrasound is highly suspicious for lymphoma. Oh, my God. So then we had to, you know, go through the whole waiting game again and find an ENT to do a biopsy to remove a lymph node. Um, and we went to Dr. Garside. He's awesome. He sees like a lot of kids and stuff, but he was so great. He was like, why do you guys think this is cancer? Like you, this could be so many reasons, you yeah. know? And then he saw his CT scan and in his chest, he also had a huge mass. Oh, and okay. once Dr. Garside saw that, he was like, oh, Okay. So the biopsy came back positive for non-Hodgkin's lymphoma, like stage 3B, because it was in his chest. Um, and it's really like interesting. UNC diagnosed it as diffuse large B-cell non-Hodgkin's lymphoma. Okay. But Duke diagnosed it as something called mediastinal um, non-Hodgkin's lymphoma. Okay. So they couldn't really agree on a diagnosis, but the treatment was essentially the same. Mm-hmm. Immediately start chemotherapy. He did six rounds of what's called RCHOP chemo. So it's got rituximab, which is like, I think that's how you say it. It's like the red devil, they say. Oh yeah, I've and heard it of that. Like makes yes. you so sick. So horrible. And he said that was like the worst yep. thing. Um, so he started chemo in March of 2020. Yeah which was the also the start of the oh, whole world collapsing. Right. So COVID was like just coming out and he obviously was so like immunocompromised. Mm-hmm. I had to wear an N95, like go sh- grocery shopping for us 
wipe down everything. I had to pull the kids from preschool because we couldn't risk his immune system. Right. It was like, while the whole world was blowing up, like ours was it blowing up inside of the blow up. Well, that's what I was going to say at some like, point. I mean, you are so positive <clears throat> and happy, was, but you have to, at some point say like, Oh girl, what it next? Was, like it, you can't take anything else. It was like hell on earth. Like yeah. I literally was like, I have always been a spiritual person mm-hmm. and not as religious as I would like to be, but mm-hmm. I literally was like in the car, like drove to a church and just drove to Hope Church and was like, "Can I come in and pray?" Like it was so, it was so bad. Ugh. But we made it through. Made so we did through. six. He did six rounds of chemo, and I had to drop him off. I couldn't even sit with him. Oh my god! The kids would like say goodbye to him. He lost his. Um, he doesn't really have hair. He's a bald guy. Hashtag yeah, I was gonna say wait. <laughs> bad hairlines. <laughs> yeah. Um, so he lost his eyebrows and stuff. That was yeah. really that was weird. Did the kids? Um, because they, they were still so they young. Were little, but so they, I don't think they fully grasped it. But they knew, like when he had to lay down and stuff, like daddy yeah. was sick. Did they say? Like, did they act different about him losing his eyebrow? You know, just that kind of stuff. You know, they didn't really it's, see it. I think they they like talk about it more now. Oh, really? They're like, I can't believe dad had cancer and he didn't die. I'm like, oh. yeah. I think it's they they know more now. Yeah. So yeah. Um. Well, thank goodness they, they were thank young. God. Yeah, thank yeah. God they were young, and That's right. they don't. I hope. I hope they won't remember much of it. But he was a badass. Like yeah. he was like hardly sick at all. Yeah. He was still like going to the pool with us on the weekends, you know, with like still being as present as a he white can, claw. That, yeah. Yeah, yeah, you yeah. know, just like really, I mean, like completely beasted it. And this Don't whole time think- I'm still on crutches. <sighs> And yeah. we're sleeping separately because he's upstairs, like Aww. sweating in the bed, vomiting. And I'm yeah. downstairs in the hospital bed. Yeah. I so. feel like cancer is so, um, depending on how you process it, like when people get really stressed, I feel like it wears the body down. And I feel like having a positive outlook and still living really, your life. I literally think that. I that's swear like to you. such a major factor. It is. To be so positive. illness, do, because mm-hmm. once you start going down that dark yep. hole, it puts, I agree. It negatively affects your body. So he had that, that mindset that he never was even going to let like for him. the idea of him not being okay, like yeah. an option. No, it's just like, Hey, I have cancer and I'm going through chemo and like, my name's Vincent. Yeah. But this is real <laughs> you know, short. Also, I'm gonna be out of this. Yeah, yeah. It, it was, it was honestly amazing. No, that's like, so cool. He, did he they have a good prognosis even, for him? Like he, how did they, he did have a good prognosis. Okay. So I will say, um, you know, my heart goes out to anybody going through a diagnosis like cancer especially something that is more like a breast cancer, ovarian cancer, like prostate, something like that. But lymphoma thankfully is a beatable cancer. Yeah. Um, so I think he got very lucky with what cancer he was given. Yeah. Now I will say, um, it, it obviously can come back. So that's something that we, always kind of have like looming over our heads, but he is at the three year mark now mm-hmm. um, of cancer free. And they consider that actually with non Hodgkin's lymphoma cured. Really? Yes. So he is not going for PET scans anymore, um, which oh. makes me really nervous. See, I don't think I could do that. But, I'm such uh, a, a worry me, wart. And me too. But it makes me so nervous, but he's like, listen, I'm not like, I'm fine. 
It's like I had cancer and now I don't, you know, yeah, yeah. Um, he went through 21 rounds of radiation after the chemo. And actually that was way worse. That was like way harder on him than the chemo. Oh, so it affected his esophagus and it burned him. So he couldn't like swallow. Oh. He ended up losing like 30 pounds and he couldn't um, like eat anything. And it was yeah. horrible. He was vomiting a lot. So that was something I, I feel like not a lot of awareness is like out there about radiation and the mm-hmm. burns and like the side effects that can happen, but it can make you like sick as a dog. <sighs> so he was, I remember we went on a trip, we actually went camping and he literally couldn't eat or drink anything the whole time. I just felt so bad so, for yeah, him. That, that was is, so bad. Oh. So, um, so in November of that year, he finished his chemo. And then in December, of course, I had another surgery, um, that time to get my screws removed. And we were like, okay, this is great. Like we fixed both sides. We're, we're all good. Um, you know, that didn't last long. So four months later, I think in March, I started limping, started having pain again and figured out that they just automatically assumed I had the same exact pain. I think I retore this labrum and that's exactly and what happened. And you weren't even doing anything. You literally were just even living like a normal, barely even living girl. I mean, barely even like walking my dogs. I was like, going to say, I sort of got every time you came doing, in, girlfriend, doing anything. you were like having some kind of a hip issue. I felt so bad for you. Every time I saw you, it was, it was the worst nightmare going through that, like not knowing what was going on. Now, obviously I know what mm-hmm. was happening, but not knowing why this was happening and have it like keep happening. And so long in a nutshell, I had 11 hip surgeries in a span of three years. So what would keep happening was they would go in, do an arthroscopic surgery, which is just like a couple little holes and, you know, like a camera. Oh, yeah. And fix that labrum and put anchors in it. And then I would re-tear it. And this ended up happening three different times on like each side. Like take my hips. I mean, like, give Can me a I hip replacement. A, you know? Truly. Did they not want to do it because you were so young? Well, that the idea was we did these huge, massive surgeries that they say are actually like worse than hip replacements so that we buy more time before getting a replacement. Got it. Right. And so it was like, we did all this now for what? Like not to just it's not put, fixing anything. I mean, this is what's going on. Right. So I started, you know, I don't, I can't really remember how I got a hold of the idea of like, there's something bigger tying this together. There's something else going on. Um, but maybe after 11 and it didn't work, maybe exactly. <laughs> maybe the red flag so is there. I ended up having my ortho, um, who I love, unfortunately he, during one of my surgeries sliced through a major nerve in my right hip. So, um, this past year before I had nerve surgery in October, um, so exactly a year ago, October 4th, I had a bovine graft to my right hip, which Is was with literally the cow? cow tissue. Okay, yeah. okay. That they made in a lab at Duke. Um, shout out to science for that. I mean, God, we had so awesome. much fun with this we conversation. Had so much fun with the cow jokes. So like, I have cow meat, you heart yes, cow. So um, so what had happened was we saw my MRI that my tissue had actually disintegrated. Like my hip tissue left, totally gone. left the show, left the party. There was a hole in it. Um, so that is when I started looking into Ehlers-Danlos syndrome and trying to figure out like connective tissue disorders, things that would cause this. And that's when my surgeon turned around 
And he said, are you flexible? And I said, yes. And I've been telling you, I have extreme hypermobility. And he said, I think you might have Ehlers-Danlos syndrome. So that's what kind of started making all of the things make sense, right? Like the things that I had when I was younger. So Ehlers-Danlos syndrome, some people pronounce it Ehlers-Danlos syndrome, um, also known as EDS. It's a, an inherited connective tissue disorder. Like, can you do a split right now? Absolutely. You like can, even with so. my hips fixed. Yeah. I mean, I can like literally You're like, like you can just take put oh, my yeah, is like okay. put my my legs behind my head, even though they were fixed. And my hips should not anatomically do that because they're like different than yours. Like my hips are really in a different place. Oh, it gets bizarre. Yeah. Um. So I started going down this road of thinking like maybe I have this and maybe there's a reason that all of these things like happened and the hip surgeries were like the worst thing I could have done because now everything is like aggravated, et cetera. And it's common um, in many diseases or like viruses to have symptoms really flare during pregnancy or a major illness or major trauma event in life. Right. So for me, it was, I've had this disease my whole life. It's in my DNA. Um, but the pregnancy is really what exacerbated my symptoms and brought them to the surface. So in the span of, um, that time I did my own research, joined support groups, like learned every night I was reading research articles and trying to figure out my symptoms and map them and, and figure out like all these other comorbid diseases that go along with EDS, which I also have. Um, so what I did was I found a geneticist in Florida. I private paid $700 to see him because that's healthcare in America. Right. Um, they don't take insurance, but thank God this man exists. He is a literal genius. He is a geneticist. His name is Dr. Atwal and he runs an Ehlers-Danlos clinic for adults in Florida. Oh, nice. Shout out to Florida because they really have it going on with the, with the EDS care. Yeah. So I paid to see him. It was like a three-month wait, and I met with him um, via like telehealth, and he was like literally jaw-dropped when I told him my story. Um, we did like, he did some flexibility tests through the camera and he was like, so there's what he was like, put your leg up. Um, so you do like fingers, like, can your finger touch your arm? Are you flexible everywhere? Oh yeah. Like, which like your elbows overextend, my knees hyperextend. Um, so my shoulder just will (gasps) pop out of the socket like that. Yeah. So Wait, like, is it out of socket right now? Yes. Oh my gosh. Yes, and then my scapula is like, <gasps> I know. Oh my God. Sarah. So these, these are the people that like, when I was young, like I had like party tricks, like yeah. the really bendy girls, like yeah. Cirque de Soleil. You wonder how those, I, I'm not kidding you. We have two girls in our support group, like that I know of that are in Cirque oh de Soleil that have, that have, because they can do, they're like, they can exactly, roll themselves into a ball. Can dislocate like every joint and it's, it's horrible. So my whole life, my shoulders have always popped out of the socket, Oh my god! but I just thought everybody's shoulders did that. They didn't right? know how to do it. Right. Dad, yeah. you guys, don't you guys have angel wings? <laughs> what do you mean? You don't, what do you mean? This is weird. I mean, some people just take their eye um, lid and just pop it That's, out, you know, a little bit. Yes. And here you are moving bones around. I mean, I, I, it, it's so weird because all of us are the same. Like we all thought it was normal. Yeah. We all thought, I mean, like everybody else just is like this. Mm. 
But uh, newsflash, no, they're not. It's not normal. No. So um, there's this thing called the Baton Scale, which is a diagnostic criteria used to diagnose hypermobile Ehlers-Danlos Syndrome, which is the form that I have. So there's 13 subtypes, um, some of which are a lot less common, one of which is actually fatal. Vascular EDS is fatal with an average lifespan of only 48 what? Very sad. Yes. Why, why so that is that involves um, like the vascular compression and basically like you can have like your heart and oh, the valve can't like collapse. restrict and stuff. Exactly. Right. Oh my Everything gosh. Everything is so like mushy and bendy yeah. and gooey in there. Um, it's very sad. And like aneurysms and oh my all goodness. kinds of things like yeah. dissected vessels and it's really sad. Um, That's so scary. By far the most common type is the hypermobile subtype, which is the one that I have. Mm -hmm. So there is diagnostic criteria for that. Although every other subtype is genetically, they have a mutation. We have not found the mutation yet for the hypermobile subtype. Um, although I do want to mention at the University of South Carolina, there is a phenomenal girl named Courtney Jessenmer, and she is a a super intelligent um PhD student that actually has HEDS herself and she is doing research on finding the genetic marker. Oh wow. So this is so it's really cool. And yeah. she has like a special lab that like they outfitted for her, like Dang. with accessible stuff. So they can like test your kids and stuff. Exactly. So it's also autosomal dominant, which means it only needs one copy of a gene to replicate. So my children have a 50% chance of having it. So I have two boys. Now, HEDS is by far much more common in females. Yeah. Um, men do still get it. And same with hip dysplasia. It's predominantly, like undeniably favorable, like with women. I mm -hmm. want to say probably 70% oh, wow. of women have cases. So um, it's really interesting. But hip dysplasia turned out to be one of my first symptoms that I had this disease. So I was diagnosed with it. And then... Um, started looking into some of the other things that go along with EDS that like issues that I've had my whole life, like a lot of gastrointestinal issues. As a child, I used to get really car sick, nauseous. I just always had tummy problems, right? Like mm -hmm. girls, I mean, it's just like, you know, right. But, um, turns out I have several conditions. So I have gastroparesis, which means I don't digest my food properly, um, which is awful. And I have something called mast cell activation syndrome, which is literal hell on earth and has kind of gotten a little attention lately um, on TikTok. But what it is, essentially, um, my body has too many mast cells when they go into like a like immune response. Uh -huh. Okay, we're back. <laughs> Sorry, guys. Oh, my gosh. Speaking of which... Um, Perfect I just timing. got a terrible wave of nausea because yeah. that is something I live with every day. So um, to talk about one of the things that is like the worst that I deal with um, is mast cell activation syndrome, MCAS for short. And it can look a lot, a lot of different ways for a lot of people. Like I have a friend where she can, she is so sick. She can't even leave her room while her husband is cooking for her kids. Cause she like will have anaphylaxis to the smells and wow. to the scents. She can only eat like four foods, um, things like that. So I'm not like that. I have it like more, um, GI issues. So basically what happens is, um, I also have like, it's called dysautonomia. 
So my autonomic nervous system will kind of go in like on the fritz and then that will aggravate like my mast cells in my stomach. I have gastrointestinal mastocytosis, which is not very common, um, meaning I have too many of those mast cells in my gut. So when they get activated, they dump and release. (laughs) They release a bunch of histamine, which make you really sick. So this can look like your throat closing, um, extreme vomiting, like things like that. So for me, it's the extreme vomiting. Yeah. So one of these flares, when they hit, I will start vomiting and I will not stop vomiting for days, literally for days. So imagine, <laughs> imagine oh, just bust up in here or whatever. It. It's so cute. Oh imagine gosh. like the norovirus on steroids that never ends. So these episodes have gotten so bad that I have to call 911 when they happen. Um, I have to give myself epinephrine, which if, if you've ever done an EpiPen, you know, it sucks and it hurts. And then I end up in the hospital for like four days while they try to stabilize me with antihistamines, um, IV fluids, you know, all the antiemetics to get me to stop vomiting and stuff. So it is miserable. And yeah. Being nauseous, I think, is one of the worst feelings. It's the worst. It is is so restrictive on what you can do because you just don't want to do anything. I can deal with a headache. You know, I can go to the grocery store with a headache. Nausea. I guess or diarrhea too, but you know what I mean. Exactly. And that's what it is. You just, you can't function, Mm -mm. you know? Um, So that for for me in the past like two years has gotten so bad. And I think we, my doctors think it's because like of all the surgeries and stuff And then um, after I had the bovine graft in that hip in um, February of, well, yeah, February of this year is my last surgery um, and hopefully last one for a long time. Is this the longest you've gone pretty much without having the knees? Yes, literally the longest. Look at you. So it was was in February and it was a nerve surgery to repair the nerve that my my ortho doctor cut through. Yeah. And unfortunately, I got staph. I got staph, a staph infection at a DC a hospital in DC. So my husband and I had to drive back and I was like inpatient for two weeks fighting that off. Mm-hmm. And ever since then, this year I've been to the hospital more times than I ever have. And we think <clears throat> excuse me, we think that my immune system just got so ramped up mm-hmm. time and time again. And it just like kept getting set off and flared and just couldn't settle down. And it one was, major it surgery is a lot. Horrible. Imagine 11 of those in three years. Like, I mean, that's it's not good. Like imagine what it's done to my body that I, that like, I can't see. Yeah. Your body's fighting hard. It. Exactly. <sighs> um, so it's been terrible, but we have, I've like finally put together a team. So this past year, so I got my diagnoses in August of 2022. So it's officially been a year. And then I started building my medical team, which was like hard AF. Yeah. I mean, most of these doctors have no idea what this even is. Right. And then you have the whole issue of not being believed. Right. And like, there's a crazy statistic that CNN just published. Um, Recently, they did an article about Ehlers-Danlos syndrome, which is great. And it was a cover page article. And they said a statistic that on average, it takes men six years to reach a diagnosis of EDS. And for women, it's 14 years. 
Why people just don't because take it seriously? Of the gaslighting and doctors not believing us or do- believing Blame something, something else. else. Yeah, mm-hmm. just saying it's oh, that's and just it, nothing. I that's will. Just- I will say it is a hard disease to figure out, right? Yeah. Because it affects like all. I it affects your collagen in your body. So you have collagen in every s- system in your body. So it affects everything from your eyes to your teeth to your joints to your skin, gastrointestinal problems, literally everything. Um, so yeah, it has just been an incredibly difficult process, Yeah, but also incredibly like vindicating and validating. God, it's so rewarding, right? You're like, finally like, after all Oh this. my God. I like, knew, I'll just do the work. Don't worry about it. I, knew, I got this. You know, the first time I went to a GI doctor, I was 13 and I had a colonoscopy. Everything's normal. So Dang. we have no idea. And then they passed it off as anxiety and depression. So I believe that, you know, yeah. so I've been on a depression and antidepressant since I was 14 oh, because dang. all of the doctors kept on telling me my symptoms are anxiety. They're related to this. Actually, no, it was all of this. So to figure out that there was actually something wrong and I was right the whole time was like the best freaking oh, feeling I, ever. Totally. I would imagine. But then I had to get to work, you know, how to figure out like, what do I do? Who do I contact? Like, where are the best doctors for this, that, and the other? Mm-hmm. Um, and now a year later, I have a team of, I think like nine, um, cardiology, neurology, primary care, you know, gynecology that understands these issues, allergy, yeah. immunology, Um, it's crazy. And because my health got so bad this summer with these mast cell attacks and things like that, um, the vomiting got so bad. I was so weak. I had no energy. I could not take care of my kids. I was like begging for help. Yeah. Um, and luckily my GI doctor is amazing, but he's actually in Florida. So that gives you an idea of like how we have to travel. Like I've had to travel to DC, Florida four times, um, to get care. Right. Because this is a condition that not many doctors want right. to it's take not very on. Common. It's very hard to treat, I guess. Um, you know, I don't know why there's not more doctors, unfortunately, yeah. that will, that can understand EDS and they can help treat it. Um, it's crazy, especially with UNC and Duke. It's absolutely right. insane. But anyways, um, you know, I, I love my GI, GI doctor in Florida and he was the one who does step in and say, Hey, I think you need to be getting daily fluids. And so I, um, in August I had a pick line placed, which is a peripheral inserted central catheter. So it's a central line that goes straight to my heart. Um, and I give myself saline IVs every day. And it's absolutely crazy that that has been like the one thing that has helped me more than any medication. Like why it's salt yeah, water. Why? That's but, what I was going to ask you. And you know, I take in an, a massive amount of salt because I have dysautonomia, right? The most common form of dysautonomia <sighs> is called POTS, mm-hmm. P-O-T-S, postural orthostatic yeah. tachycardia syndrome. So those are your salt girlies, like the girls that pass out. Like yes. I have a different form actually, um, but still require like my electrolytes often get imbalanced. My salt gets messed up and things like that. So I was taking like all these supplements and everything just wasn't doing anything. And I guess my body is not like absorbing it, doesn't hold on to it, et cetera. So um, I got a pick line placed and then promptly two weeks later, I got a raging infection in my arm because I was allergic to the dressing. That's right. 
Again, you came in, right? You've come in at all these big things, like the tape of all uh, things. Of course, right? And when you have a line like that, you have to keep it in place. So it has like a lock, and I was allergic to that. So it was absolutely terrible. Had to go to the hospital, get it removed. And then thankfully, was able to place one of my other arm with hypoallergenic stuff. It's been going strong for a month now. Knock on wood. Knock on wood, girl. (laughs) And yeah, um, so that has become a part of my life. So every day, I have to sit there for four hours and infuse an IV to just stay at a baseline of normalcy. That's crazy. It is crazy. It's and so... she was trying to rush it, trying to get over here. I was like, sis, don't we have a medical emergency? We bullished it. We bullished it. But but you made a good point. Like that would get more views or, you know, people would Just tune in. Pass so out. yeah, but that is, I mean, think about it four hours and you have to sit there, right? Like you're not up doing things. Girl, it's not bl- like I have watched every episode of below deck lately. Uh, I love it. Give me yeah. more show recommendations. Man. Southern Charmed. I know you've told me about Southern that. Southern Charmed. You don't watch that? I, know, I gotta get up. I gotta start it. You have four hours a day. I know, girl. You I'm could, done with Below Deck. Okay. So now I have time. Get on it because you could get two and a half, three episodes in. Like I could do, I started knitting and I was like, I'm gonna, I love to knit. Oh my gosh. I'm gonna knit myself this chunky, oversized, like cropped cardigan. It's gonna be so That's your IV sweater, I'm baby. Be one of those girls. I'm gonna go viral on TikTok. Like I can mm-hmm. see it now. And, and it got so hard. The pattern got so hard. And then I got frustrated sitting in the corner. No, yeah, uh-uh. girl, I need an, I need Listen. like a grandmother to help me figure out the mistake I made so I can get back on yeah, track. Yeah, because you have plenty of time. I'm just Stop literally using excuses. sitting there. You in can my say all adjust- these pastrokinesis <laughs> words. In my adjustable um, bed. What is that bed called? Sleep number. I oh, love I was thinking that it's bed. What is that, um, a pillow? Up and down, up and down with my IV and... My boys are eight and six now and they're so good. They're like my best little helpers. But yeah, we have been through a lot and it just feels like I don't, I wouldn't necessarily call them punches, but it's just like things just don't stop, you know? Uh, Like, yeah, it's just, it's like, if it's not one thing, it's, it's another, you know? Oh yeah. But we are hoping, you know, with like new medications that I've started, I'm hoping I, I have hope, you know, that yeah. eventually like I'll get my life back. Things yeah. will things will level out. Like I, I don't know. I, I have to have hope, right? It, you do. And your posts on Facebook are always so like nicely heartfelt written. That's, I mean that's because I'm saving them for the New York Times bestseller. Well, absolutely you <laughs> so are. That's why I have to be so that's why I have to be so thorough and write uh-huh. out like every thought as if I'm writing a book. That's right. So well, they sound I, great. I can go back to that and put them all together for my New York, my NYTV. <laughs> You're like these are my Facebook road. posts, but it's actually just gonna be a novel. It's, and I'm gonna enjoy. just tell my little keyboard writer, here we go. Yes. Let's let's get do started. a transcript of the podcast. We'll I'll put that you, in there. Well, I'm serious because yeah. I mean, first of all, I've been through so much, have so much experience, but mostly want to raise awareness because my geneticist says, um, especially for women, that HEDS could be as common as in one in every 1500 people. That's really wow. common. Yeah. Like we need more help. Especially for people just that just don't know about it yes. and they don't even and, know to look at that. And for. more so for, you know, just the simple fact of believing women when they say they're in pain. Mm-hmm. When they say something is not right, it does not feel right. Something is wrong with my body. Mm-hmm. And we listen to them right. and help them instead of treating them like they're crazy or they're, you know, histrionic females. Yeah. I am so tired of that narrative. Like it's, it has to stop, you yeah. know, so that I will be just like damned if I don't live the rest of my life, like trying to spread awareness 
of this condition, of other conditions, of people with disabilities, of, you know, medical equal rights between men and women, all of this stuff. And it's crazy because something that never affected me now is like my whole life. Like it yeah, can, it affects your, your life day. can change so quick. Right. And now like I am considered an ambulatory wheelchair user, which means sometimes like some years I will use a wheelchair. Like I've had years where I've been in a chair for the whole year. Right now I'm lucky that I'm feeling good and I'm not using any mobility aids at this moment. Yeah. That could change tomorrow. Right. You know, so oh, yeah. like I went to Taylor Swift in a wheelchair. That Girl, you've been crazy... in my salon in a wheelchair, in a little scooter, <laughs> in a, a, a cane, Taylor crutches. Swift, my fringe kept getting caught when I would wheel myself, but I will tell you, sweetest crowd of people ever yeah. to be in a wheelchair with. Um, but I mean, 70,000 people, like it wasn't fun. It was no. so hard. People were walking like in front of us, cutting us off. Like it would, it's so hard. Yeah. And people with disabilities have to do this every day. And I mean, it's, it's just, it's crazy. So it's really, it's shown me another side of life and also to just be really grateful. People are like, how do you do it? How do you stay so positive? Right. Because I have two legs and I have, I have air in my lungs and I could be sitting in the hospital. And yours is temporary, hopefully, right? Like you're, you're going into it knowing like, this is not going to be forever. Not going to hope to God. It's not forever, but that's that's my hope. And if it is forever, then I'll just keep doing the best I can and stay positive because it could always be worse. Oh yeah. Always be worse. You know? Yeah. No, that's like I said, you're just such a positive person. Yeah. Thanks girl. I have my boys. Um, they really, you know, when you're a mom, it doesn't stop. You can't just sit down and well, sometimes I do cry all day, but, um, (laughs) you know, you have to show up mentally. You have to like, try to be there for them. Yeah. And I can't just like wallow in my misery all day. No, and you don't want to miss out on their life because you've yeah. already been bed That's exactly bound it. by I was so much. My husband, I can't give up because I have the childhood in my hands, you know? Yep. And my husband is like the best support partner. Um, I truly couldn't do without him. I, yeah. I really feel for people who are in, you know, chronic health positions without a support person. Oh, absolutely. That's really, yeah. I, I can't imagine that. And he is just like my best help. My like, I, he's amazing. Um, but yeah, it has been a long road, but we finally have some answers and, and you're, in, we're I feel like you're on the, on the other side. I really do feel like that. Up. Yeah. I hope so. Girl. No surgeries on the books. Like no this surgeries. December, you ain't got a surgery on the books. Girl. I am so excited to wear like tights and heels mm-hmm. and a cute Christmas dress. Yes, you're going to have and a holly jolly like, Christmas. And a freaking hip brace and crutches going out. Like, yep. I'm just, I'm really thankful. No, I'm glad. I really am glad that uh, for that for you because that has just been, I'm telling y'all every time she would come in and I don't mean this bad at all, but like every time I'm like, bless her heart. Like you really did have something major going on, you know, and that's got to be so freaking frustrating. Obviously I'm friends with you on Facebook and I would see your posts of you in the hospital or like whatever. And I'm just like, you could see it. Like you could see me and like the distress that I was experiencing. But you know what? Her hair didn't never look bad. Because that girl was going to fit me in somewhere, somehow. (laughs) I always had good hair, at least. It was always cute. Oh, yeah, girl. But no, I mean, it's... It does seem like y'all are on the up and up. Yes, and you are. I, got, I really am hopeful that things will continue to get better. And, you know, um, just have to stay positive that they can't get as bad as they, like, were. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I, I guess they could. I would, you know, but... 
God, please no, don't let that happen. Yeah, no. Please, God. I'm we're done. We're, we're maxed out. We're yes, good. We are totally maxed out. You are My one hus- of his favorite soldiers, which is like, I'm done. I'm I out. Mean, I'm I retired. God Let me doesn't love. give you more than you can carry. That's but right. My husband and I joke, we're like, listen, and we're only 33, by the way. Right. So, like, you know, this was pretty much all like our 20s and our 30s have been like, just, just so hard. Yeah. So we joke, maybe our forties will be like the our golden 20s. years. Yes. Yeah. The good, the good times. Nobody's yeah. sick. We're not in the hospital. Nobody has cancer. We don't have hospital beds. Yeah. And it's just smooth sailing. You smooth know? sailing. Like what normal people do, I guess. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> well, thanks for coming and thanks talking for about listening. that. I mean, thanks I for know. Having me. Yeah. This I know it's so a lot, fun. but I appreciate it. And you never know, like someone that's listening might be like, Oh my gosh, I have this. Um, reach out to me because yeah. I am like working on being a patient advocate and, you know, have helped many other girls. That is easily one of the things that helps me the most. Aren't my, you wanting to start a business? Maybe my, doing this. Yes. Yeah. My therapist says like, when you're really struggling, the best thing that you can do is try to do something good for someone else. Yeah. Cause it really helps like yeah. helps you feel better. And I just last week had a girl that had was just looking for a diagnosis, had all of the symptoms, found me on Facebook, and now she has all of my doctors and is getting a oh, diagnosis. Oh, so cool. Has a full plan and has a friend. Dang. So, yeah, Reach out to me. Everybody. Thank you for listening. Thanks yes. for caring. And thanks for coming, girl. Thanks for having me, girl. All right, y'all. Subscribe. You know, rate me five stars. Do all the things except leave bad yeah. reviews and beds. <laughs> no stars. All right. Y'all love you. Mean it. Bye.